0: Good morning, you're listening to the podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin. Faith trusts the promises of God, and we, through our sermons, are here to encourage you with those promises. Our sermon text for this Septuagesima Sunday is from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. The word of the Lord came to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. But I said, Ah, Lord God, I really do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. The Lord said to me, Do not say, I'm only a child. You must go to everyone whom I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them because I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. The Lord said to me, There, I have now placed my words in your mouth. Look, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I read a commentary that said that reading Jeremiah was like entering the cavernous darkness of another person's frustration and despair and yet through jeremiah god gives us one of the greatest pictures of his grace jeremiah was one of the youngest prophets or evangelists that we know from scripture he was under 20 years old when the lord called him to be a prophet he was a teenager. And yet, God asked young Jeremiah to go to some of the worst sinners, an entire nation that had deserted the Lord, and preach some of the toughest sermons and the harshest law. And also to preach some of the brightest gospel and the most beautiful comfort. So much so that in Jesus' day, people even identified the prophet Jeremiah with Jesus. Now, if you were Jeremiah and God asked you to do this, to go to some undeserving sinners and proclaim to them God's grace, what would your response be? I know I would likely be like Jonah. In fact, I have been like Jonah. Jonah didn't want to preach God's mercy to the sinful Ninevites because he didn't think they deserved it. Jonah would have even rather died than go to those Ninevites. Would that be you? Or maybe you'd be like Moses, whom God told to speak to the rock, to to provide water for the people. But Moses is so frustrated with the people that in anger he strikes the the rock twice and he takes the place of judge and he stands between the people and God. He doesn't think that they are even worth the simplest blessing from God, water. Water. Or would you be the first workers from the parable in our gospel lesson, the ones who thought that they deserved more because they worked harder and longer? And there's many more examples in Scripture of people like this, people who are angry because God is good and because God is generous. Well, this is Jeremiah's response. Jeremiah says, "'Oh, Lord God, I really don't know how to speak. I'm only a child.'" The Lord said, "Do not say, I'm only a child. You must go to everyone whom I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them because I am with you. and I will rescue you," declares the Lord. God didn't say to, to Jeremiah, "Oh, you really do have the skills to do this." No, He said, "I am with you. And this is why the call of Jeremiah is such a beautiful picture of God's grace, because grace has nothing to do. With what you deserve, or grace is not getting what you deserve, and it's getting something that you don't. Grace has nothing to do with the receiver, but everything to do with the giver. And so God chose a young teenager who really wasn't qualified to be a picture and messenger of God's grace. And it's in God's calling of Jeremiah that we find the reason and the source of that grace. God calls Jeremiah and he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. What better picture could God possibly give of his grace than this? A baby still in the womb. A human being not even born yet is set apart by God. A baby who hasn't done anything to earn God's grace. God calls him. And sets him apart. And just think of a baby in the womb. And the most helpless person of all is a baby who is yet to be born. A baby still inside his mother's womb is is completely dependent on her for everything. He hasn't done anything to make his mother love him. In fact, he's done nothing but make his mother's life difficult. He's caused his mother pain. He's kept her up at night. He's prohibited her from even drinking wine. And he just made her life difficult. A mother has no reason to love her baby, but she does out of grace. God's grace is even more wonderful because a mother doesn't know what goes on inside the heart of her baby. But God does. It's very popular to believe, without any basis in Scripture, that, that babies are perfect and without sin. But King David, in Psalm 51, right before he asked God to, to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, admits how and when and where his heart became corrupt. He says, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. David was born with original sin. He was conceived in sin. He was a sinner from the moment of conception. All babies conceived by men and women are. God knows the sin of every baby, even in the womb. God knows what kind of person they're going to grow up to be, which is a sinner. Someone who sins against God by thought, word, and deed. Someone who is selfish and wakes their mom up in the middle of the night probably more than once just because they're uncomfortable or hungry or who knows what the reason. And when they're older, that selfishness never goes away. Someone who is not only unable to save themselves, but even actively works against it. This is every single one of us. Not one of us deserves heaven. Because of our sin, we deserve the punishment of the devil and his angels in hell. We don't know the depths of our sin. But God does. And this is the most amazing thing about God's grace. And the most amazing thing about this is that God says, I knew you, and even in spite of that, He says, I set you apart. That's God's grace. God called Jeremiah even though he wasn't worthy, even though he wasn't qualified, even though he was no better than the people God wanted him to preach to. That's grace. God's grace isn't given to good people. It's given to sinners. It's given to infants who didn't do anything to earn it, and it's given to lazy old sinners who didn't deserve it. I've heard it said that if you really don't think that you sin all that much, and deep down you're pretty good, and that you're just a little sinner, then you have a, a little Savior. But if you recognize that you don't even know the depths of your own depravity, that you are the worst of sinners, a great sinner, then you have a great Savior. Now most people think that they have what it takes to save themselves. And even though they believe in grace, they, they don't understand what grace, grace is. They think it's an ability or a jumpstart that God gives them to accept Him because they are totally corrupt they think that grace just taught my heart to fear that they just needed a little bit of help. But here's an illustration to help us understand what grace is. Imagine that you're driving down the road and you're speeding. You're going quite a quite a bit over the speed limit. An officer pulls you over. What do you deserve? Justice. Well, justice is getting a speeding ticket. Mercy is the officer looking at your breaking of the law and and giving you a lesser fine. But grace is the officer pardoning your breaking of the law and then taking you over to Ziggy's to buy you dinner. Grace is unjust. Grace is not fair. But grace is good. Grace is an attitude that God has for us that affects how he deals with us and what he gives to us. And in reality, what he doesn't do to us. He doesn't give us what we deserve. God's grace justifies. God washes away and covers up our sins so that we don't have to pay the punishment that we deserve. We don't have to suffer hell. Instead, we get the feast of heaven. And Why? What could possibly make God have this attitude, this attitude of grace for you and me? God has grace for you not just simply because or or out of his sovereign will or because he just overlooks your sin and, and turns the other way. No, it's because of Jesus. In Jesus alone is where God's grace is centered. In Jesus, God took on your flesh. The second person of the Trinity, the eternally begotten Son of the Father, is made man, born in time of the Virgin Mary. The same eternal Word who made the world, who made you, who formed your flesh in the womb, assumes your flesh, He becomes man. He allows Himself to be formed in the womb. And He does it to be born under the law to take the speeding ticket and the jail time you deserved and to suffer it. Justice needed to be paid. And Jesus, out of his great mercy, paid it with his own blood. And so it's because of that that God has grace for you. He sees you as having not sinned at all because of Jesus. God knows us, calls us, and even prepares good works in advance for us to do. It's not that God overlooks or God looks ahead and, and knows what good that we're going to do, and that's why he calls us. No, it's the other way around. God knows us. He knows that we are sinners who are incapable of doing good, who do, don't do good on our own, and are incapable of living up to his holy requirements. And yet, because of what Jesus has done, he calls us, he sets us apart, and he makes us Holy. And He prepares good works in advance for us to do. We don't need to go out and look for good works to do to make God happy. We don't don't need to worry if we've done enough. God prepares works for us to do. He brings good works or He brings opportunities for us to do good works to us. He places people in our path. But to Jeremiah, the people that God set in his path were the people of Judah. Teenager Jeremiah understandably didn't feel qualified. He didn't feel he was worthy or deserved it. And the truth was, he wasn't, and he didn't. Jeremiah didn't reach out and and accept the Lord, but because the Lord stretched out his hand and touched Jeremiah's mouth, Jeremiah could speak God's word of grace to the sinful people of Judah who didn't deserve it because he didn't deserve it either. God looked on Jeremiah with his grace and gave him his powerful and life-giving word. And that's the the, the same word that all believers have. It's the same word, the same promise that you have. God's word of grace, the gospel, the forgiveness of our sins through Jesus That we don't need to do anything to get it. Because God calls us. We are saved like Jeremiah. We are saved by grace. Because of Jesus and in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.